as we dive into week three of Back to the Movies, we're looking at another true story. Yeah, this movie's based on a true story, and I've titled today's message, You Are Valuable. You Are Valuable. In 2001, the Oakland A's lost the game in the playoffs to the New York Yankees. As they were beginning the 2002 season and trying to sign their own players, they had an issue. The Oakland A's did not have the kind of money that other teams had. And so they were not able to resign some of their star players. They just weren't able to resign them. And, and Billy Bean, the general manager for the Oakland A's, had a dilemma. He had to try to build a winning ball team with limited resources. He ran into a young man named Peter Brand, and Peter was a Yale University graduate. He, he, he majored in economics, and he had just a, a unique, radical way to evaluate a player's talent. And basically what he would do is he evaluated their talent on one thing, on one condition, their on-base percentage. And so what happens is, is Peter and the general manager, general manager, Billy, they began to sign people that no other teams want. Matter of fact, their, their manager of their own team, the, the scouts on their own team did not want these players, did not see any value in these players. But, but what Billy Bean set out to do was to find value in players that no one else could see value in. And I think all of us have had a time in life where we didn't feel very valuable. I know I sure have. I've, I've shared this story before, but I'm going to repeat it because it really was one of those times in my life where I really struggled with my self-worth and value. I, I struggled growing up as a kid with, with, with using the restroom in the bed, and I, I just wet the bed all the time. And I wish I could tell you, you know, by I potty trained, and I did get potty trained, but I kept using the bathroom in the bed. And six years old, I was still using the restroom in the bed, wetting the bed, seven, eight, all the way up to around 12 years old. And can I tell you, that will mess with your self-esteem and self-worth when, when you're potty trained and you can't help but use the bathroom in the bed. And then you know what I'm saying? You show up to a relative's house. So like Junior's here, get the, get the plastic, y'all. Put it down over the, put the plastic down on the beds because Junior, little Junior's coming over. And, you know, you just feel humiliated. You wake up and you're wet and you're trying to go change and nobody to see you. And, you know, it just was, it really messed with my confidence. You know, in high school, I, I love to talk about, you know, we like to brag about our GPA, and I had a great GPA in high school. I made three Bs in high school, the rest A's, and graduated towards the top of my class in high school. And, but the, the part of the story that I don't like to tell people is on my ACT, I made a 17. I was shooting to make my age on my ACT, and I, I accomplished that goal. Come on, somebody. I, I made my age. And... Uh, it wasn't something I was proud of. I didn't tell anybody. I didn't want anybody to know. I made a 17 on the ACT, and I was able to get into college because you, had, you could get in on two or three requirements. You could get on your class rank. You could get in on your GPA or on your ACT. You needed two out of the three, and so I had two out of the three, but I never wanted anybody to know that I made a 17 on the ACT. And then I went to college, and in college, I, I didn't make a 3.9. I was in the 
two-point-something range. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'm, I made C's. Come on, I work hard for them C's. Anybody know what I'm talking about, huh? I work hard for them C's. <laughs> where are all you A people at? I don't care where you are. Don't put your hand up if you made A's in college. I don't want to know. I did not. And I at times felt stupid and uh, not too smart. I just kind of struggled with my self-confidence. Even starting People's Church, I felt inadequate to be a pastor, inadequate to pastor a church. I just struggled with my self-worth. I've, I've struggled with, with my own self-esteem and my own value. And I think all of us struggle from time to time with our value, with our, with our self-worth. And, and maybe for you, it's feeling inadequate or maybe you feel inferior. Maybe today you feel weak or worthless or even stupid. And the reality is some of you have had friends or family members or perhaps a teacher growing up or a coach or, or maybe a co-worker that, that has, has called you names and, and made you feel like you weren't very valuable. They, they spoke things over your life and, and began to shape what you thought about your own self. And, and, and some of you have had some major failures in life, some major mistakes in life, and, and those failures and those mistakes are defining your own value, your own worth. And what I want to do today is I want to talk to you and convince you of the very fact of this biblical truth that God values you. I want you to hear me today. God values you. Here's my first point. God sees value in you. God sees value in you. Other people may not see value in you, but God does. And your value doesn't decrease because of someone's inability to see your worth. You are very valuable to God. You are a VIP. Some of you don't know what VIP means, I can tell. Very important person. You're very important to God. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 27 says, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. God created male and female, both of them, in his own image, he created them. God created you in his image. You are valuable just for the simple fact that you exist. Your value has nothing to do with what you do, or what you have. You're valuable just because you're a human being created in your heavenly Father's image. You're valuable. You're important. You're special. The psalmist David said it like this in Psalms 139 and verse 14. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. I like what David wrote. David says, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And then he says this, I know that full well. It, it could kind of sound like David is, is bragging. He says, I know full well that I am wonderful. And that could come across arrogant, but David is not trying to be arrogant. He's simply stating the truth that he understands that he is wonderful in his heavenly Father's eyes. He is a wonderful human being because God does not create junk. He, he's, he's wonderful. And friends, you are wonderful. You're wonderful. Come on, would everybody say this with me? Come on, everybody say this. Everybody say, I am wonderful. Come on now, would you say it like you believe it? Everybody say, I am, I am wonderful. It's true. It's true. 
Come on, would you look at your neighbor? Come on, a little audience participation with your neighbor. Come on, everybody participate. I can see you through that camera. Participate right now, okay? Come on, everybody look at your neighbor right now and just tell them, you are wonderful. It's true, it's true, it's true. Come on, find your second choice. Everybody has a second choice. Find your second choice on the other side and tell them to even you. You're wonderful too. Come on, tell them you're wonderful too. Yes, you're wonderful that you really are. Listen, you're wonderful just like you are. You're valuable to God. Stop calling yourself junk. You're valuable. Ephesians says in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, for we are God's masterpiece. Come on, you're a masterpiece. Come on, somebody. You ladies just, you know, you men, you know, just, come on, you're, you're a masterpiece. You're wonderful. You're valuable. Would you believe that today? It goes on to say in verse 10, he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do, we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Now, one of the big reasons people don't feel valuable is because they place their value in what they do. And I want you to notice what the Bible says here. The Bible says you're God's masterpiece before it says you were created to do good things. This is your God's masterpiece before you're created to do good things. This is really huge for you to understand. You see, you do because of who, not who because of do. Some of you didn't understand that I made it up this week. That's right. I made a, that's right. When you preach the message, you can make stuff like that up. Yeah. It makes sense to me. You do because of who, not who because of do. I want you to catch that. You do because of who you are. You do because you are a masterpiece. You, you, you don't do because it's going to make you a masterpiece. You're already a masterpiece, and you do good things because you're already a masterpiece. You're valuable just because of who you are, not because of what you do. And some of you are thinking today, well, I don't feel very valuable. Well, maybe I'm kind of valuable. Maybe I'm worth, you know, three or four or five pennies. You know, Pastor, how valuable am I? Really, really. And the question we need to answer is how do you determine something's valuable and the value on something? How do you determine what the value is? I'll tell you how you determine the value of something is, is what someone's willing to pay for it. A home, you know how you determine the value of a home? What someone's willing to pay for it. You price it out of the range and then nobody's willing to pay for it. You may think it's valuable, but it's only as valuable as what the person's willing to pay for it. Your car you drive. The value of that car is what someone is willing to pay for it. That, that's the value. My, my, my children, they, they enjoy sports cards. Uh, all of them have one of these, these books, and, and all four of them. And this is one of their, their sport cards books. They like collecting sports cards. And it was funny. On Friday, I took, I took three of my children to the sports card store after school because, boy, they love to go to the store and, they spend their allowance money, and they get birthday money and Christmas money from friends and family, and they love to go in and, and buy these cards, and, and they think it's awesome, and, and, and they spend their money on it. And, and I wouldn't spend a penny on these cards. You hear me? I would, I'm not buying these cards. I ain't buying these cards. I'm not, I'll buy a Whopper, but I'm not buying these cards. And they're buying these cards. They're looking through it. And, and, and the interesting thing is I saw grown men in that store. 
Grown men were buying cars, sitting down, looking at them. I mean, shuffling them and, I mean, just studying them. And I thought, man, I'm glad you're in that, into that. I, I'm not here for me. I'm here because of my kids. But you go ahead and do your thing. Okay? You, and, I mean, just looking at them and checking out, out the value of these cards. And, and you, you know what, what, what began to grab my attention is, is some of those cards are really valuable. They're worth a lot of money because that's what somebody is willing to pay for them. Matter of fact, I, I looked this on, up online. Check, check this card out. This Michael Jordan card is worth $1.5 million. I wouldn't give $2 for it. I ought to get online and just push buy it and submit $2 and see what the owner of it says. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the response I get back. But, but, but that card is worth $1.5 million because that's what somebody is willing to pay for it. And friends, let me tell you how valuable you are. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 23, you were bought at a price. Do not become slaves of men. You're so valuable that Jesus bought you with his own blood. You're so valuable that Jesus, the Son of God, died on the cross for you. You were to die for. That's how valuable you are. Jesus gave his life for you. You're valuable. You're a masterpiece. Friends, hear me today. Stop letting your circumstances define you. You're valuable. Stop letting your past define you. You're valuable. Stop letting money define you. Listen, your net worth does not determine your self-worth. Stop that. You're valuable. Listen, stop letting your job define you. Stop letting your grades define you. Stop letting mistakes define you. Stop letting possessions define you. Stop letting people define you. You are valuable to your heavenly Father. You're special. You're a masterpiece. You're created in the image of God. You're valuable. You're so valuable. Jesus gave his life for you. Scott Hatterberg was injured and couldn't throw. He got released by the Colorado Rockies. Nobody saw value in him. But Billy Bean saw value in an injured player when nobody else could see value in him. And the Oakland A's were on a 19-game winning streak and could break the record. They were up 11-0 and gave up 11 straight runs, and the game was tied 11-11. It was the bottom of the ninth inning, one out. And the coach looked over and said, Hatterberg, you're in to pinch hit. And Scott Hatterberg in the bottom of the ninth, hit a home run. And the Oakland A's made history and set a record of consecutive games won off the bat of the least likely player who was so undervalued nobody else wanted him. Let me tell you something about God and how he works. Number two, God takes what others view as undervalued and makes history. God takes what others view as undervalued and makes history, and he has a long track record of it. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 26, Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that few of you were wise in the world's eyes, in other people's eyes. 
or powerful or wealthy when God called you. He says when God saved us or or brought us into his family, most of us weren't valuable in the world's eyes. Instead, God chose things the world considers foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose the things that are powerful to shame those who are powerful. When, when many of us, us, us were growing up, the world would not have considered us to be very powerful. They would have considered many of us to be powerless. They wouldn't have considered us to be very special at all. Verse 28, God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring to nothing what the world considers important. You see, God loves to take people who the world considers undervalued and then uses their life to make history. You see, the world considered Gideon to be weak and someone who had low self-esteem. And God took the man who came from the weakest tribe and be considered the weakest person of his tribe, and God took him and made Gideon a leader. And God used Gideon to win a battle against the Midianite army with only 300 soldiers because God takes what others view as undervalued and uses them to make history. God took a man named David who was considered by the world as overlooked and undervalued as the youngest son. Matter of fact, when the prophet showed up to find the new king, the dad didn't even bring his youngest son in. All the other sons were there, but not David. And let me tell you what God did. God took an over looked an undervalued young man, and he turned him into a king. The world considered Moses a murderer and a man who made too big of a mistake to be a leader. And God took a murderer and turned him into one of the greatest leaders that has ever walked the face of this earth. And Moses delivered the nation of Israel out of 400 years of oppression. The world considered Joseph to be rejected, abused, and an outcast in a foreign nation. But God took a man who was thrown into at the bottom of a pit to die by his own brothers and took him out of the pit and made him vice president of a foreign nation called Egypt. Joseph was the first person to write, started from the bottom, now we're here. God took Rahab, whom the world considered a filthy prostitute, and God took this prostitute and used her to save the leaders of Israel and then put her in the genealogy of Jesus. The world considered Mary an unwed, an unqualified teenager, but God selected a teenager to be the mother of the Son of God, and Mary, a teenager, raised Jesus. The world considered the disciples a bunch of ordinary and unschooled men, but God took these 12 disciples and changed the world and transformed the world. He impacted the world through 12 ordinary disciples. Here's what the Bible says about those disciples in Acts chapter 4 and verse 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. I love how the Bible lets us know these disciples were just ordinary people. They weren't superheroes, and God uses ordinary people to make an extraordinary difference. I think about Billy Graham. Billy Graham grew up as just a a little farm boy, a simple 
farm boy. And God took this little farm boy and used him to preach the gospel in person to 215 million people in 185 countries. Nearly 3 million people gave their hearts to Christ through his sermons. I think about Oral Roberts. He grew up in poverty, nearly died of tuberculosis at the age of 17. He had a stuttering problem, and God used him to found one of the most prominent Christian universities in America. I think about Mother Teresa. In her private writings, it was revealed that she was lonely and struggled with doubt, and she struggled with being tormented. She went through a long season in her life where she didn't even feel the presence of God, but God used her life greatly. And she, was, she, she won the award for the Nobel Peace Prize in 1979 for her great humanitarian work. I think about Lecrae. Some of you don't know who he is, but you will in a minute. Lecrae was sexually abused by a babysitter at eight. By, by age 16, he was using drugs, fighting, got arrested in high school for stealing. He ended up on a gang list. At the age of 17, he was arrested again for drugs. At age 19, Lecrae surrendered his life to Jesus Christ. And now God is using this Christian artist to make a powerful impact in this generation. You see, Lecrae, he released his seventh album called Anomaly in 2014, and it was the first album to top both the Billboard 200 and the gospel chart simultaneously. He has received Dove and Grammy Award. And God took a boy who was broken, abused, jail, and has used him to make history. Every one of these people are just ordinary people who had struggles and issues, and God used them in a mighty way. And I want you to grasp two things today. Number one, you're valuable to God. Number two, God wants to use your life to make history. People may not see value in you, but God does. God wants to use you to make history. Now, now making history doesn't mean you're going to be famous. Most of us will never be famous, but God wants to use us to make history. I'll never be Billy Graham. Never will be but I'm going to be the best Herbert Cooper that God's called me to be. And in my own way, I'm making history. Started a church called People's Church 15 years ago. Over the last 15 years, and I can't wait to celebrate with you next week, over the last 15 years, some of you have given your life to Jesus. Marriages have been restored. People have been set free from addictions. Lives have been changed. Just by being faithful to pastor and to preach God's Word, history is being made. I'm making history with my wife named Tiffany. This year we celebrate 20 years of marriage and counting, and she can't get rid of me. I'm not going anywhere. And I'm making history by being a role model to a lot of young men that a man can love one woman with all of his heart and be faithful to her. And I'm making history by loving one woman. I'm making history by loving my children. Matter of fact, one of my children told me this week that I'm famous. I am in his eyes. And I'm raising a world change. I'm raising history makers. I'm, I'm invested in my children. I'm being a daddy to those children. I'm, I'm making history with those children. And friend, God has created you to make, it called, to make history at your workplace. That you'd be the light there. And people are going to come to Christ because of you. You're going to make history at your school. You're going to stand up and make a difference and be different than everybody else by standing up for Jesus. You're going to make history. Some of you, you're coaching a little league team, and you think you're just, you know, I'll just 
coaching the Little League team, Oz, you're making history in those kids' lives. Some of you, you're, you're making history by being out in the community and public service and loving on, on people and making a difference and being a part of outreach. You're, you're making a difference. You're making history. Some of you are serving in a ministry at People's Church. You're holding a baby today. You'll, you'll be investing in a child. You'll be greeting. You'll be in the parking lot. You'll be behind a camera. You'll be singing on the stage. And, and you're making history by volunteering your time. And people are coming to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Some of you, you're going to make history next week on our 15-year anniversary. And what, what a great series to invite somebody who doesn't know Jesus to back to the movies. And some of you are going to take that challenge. And you're going to invite somebody to be here next Sunday for our 15-year anniversary. And they're going to cross the line of faith and give their life to Jesus. And can I tell you, you just made history in their life. Some of you are going to be water baptized next week. I'm excited for many of you to get water baptized. And can I tell you, don't come by yourself. Have two rows of family members and friends here with you. Some of them are going to be thinking, really, you're getting baptized? Really? Yeah, like, yeah, I'm, I'm living for Jesus now. And some of them are going to give their life to Jesus Christ, and their life is going to be changed next Sunday for all eternity because you invited them to your baptismal service. And friends, can I tell you, you're making history in their life. God has created you. You're valuable, and he wants to use your life to make history. You are a world changer. You are a history maker. You need to understand who you are in Christ. You were created for greatness. You are a history maker.